Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have several other podcasts out there. From John to Justin, Pucks and Cups, Canada's Great War, and Coast to Coast, available on all podcast platforms. I do all these podcasts full-time. The writing, the research, everything. So every dollar you give helps keep it all going, and I truly appreciate it, and I'll thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Bairdo37. And on those platforms, I put up daily videos, so check them out. You can also visit my YouTube channel where I put up weekly videos. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash canadianhistoryx. And if you want to find hundreds of articles on Canada's history, just go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. Not many Indigenous leaders can say they have met with the King of England, but the man they called Joe Capilano can claim that, and he did it, for his people. Joe Capilano was born around 1854 near Squamish, British Columbia. At birth, his name was Sa'apaluk, and he would spend his youth fishing and hunting. And most of his life he was called Sa'apaluk, but through this episode, I'll be referring to him as Capilano. Little is known of his childhood along the Upper Squamish River. It is known that he was baptized in 1872 and married his wife, Mary, soon after in a Catholic wedding. Together, the couple would have a long marriage together which produced ten children. Sadly, many of those children would die before adulthood. According to the 1876 census records, the family was living in the Squamish area where Capilano supported his family through fishing and hunting. Before long, they needed to find money to live, and that would take them to Burrard Inlet. They would move to Moodyville, near what is now the Lower Lonsdale area of the city of North Vancouver, and Capilano would start work as a laborer at a sawmill. Capilano and his family would live on a Catholic mission reserve in the area as Capilano provided for his family. In April 1895, at a nearby reserve, the chief died and there was no clear successor, and the successor that would be chosen would be Capilano. There may have been some influence from the missionary Paul Durow, who believed Capilano could convert people to Christianity with his leadership and speaking abilities. At the time, some of the indigenous at the mission reserve were leaving to live at the other reserve, and Capilano was then chosen as chief and he moved to the reserve. As chief, Capilano did not enforce Christianity, and converts lived alongside those who held traditional beliefs, so the missionary's plan did not work. As chief, Capilano would work to ensure his people had what they needed to survive. In 1897, he would organize a work party to build a Catholic church on the reserve, with labor provided by local residents. The Department of Indian Affairs also provided sugar and flour to the volunteers. Chief Capilano began to gain more renown throughout the area among the indigenous for his leadership and speaking abilities. He would often appear in newspapers due to his objections to the fact that the indigenous were losing their land and were being constrained by new hunting and fishing regulations. 
1901, he would be part of a petition that was sent to his local member of parliament, claiming their right to make a living by fishing was being compromised as they were being crowded out at the time by Canadians on the water. By the mid-1900s, Capilano made the decision to travel with other chiefs to air grievances in person, and this would lead them to eventually meeting King Edward II. In preparation for his journey, he was given a name that was used by generations of leaders who had been respected by the local Squamish. The anglicized version of this name was Capilano. In 1906, he decided he would travel with Chief Charlie Issapaymilt and Chief Basil David to Ottawa and meet with Sir Wilfrid Laurier, the Prime Minister at the time. Raising money from their communities for travel, they also decided they would take their complaints straight to King Edward II in England. Prior to his departure to speak with the King, Capilano would give a parting address in Vancouver. He would say, quote, I go to see the King of England. I will speak to him of what his Indian subjects want. I will tell you when I come back what he says. I will shake his hand in loyalty for you. He is King of the Indians and the Whites. Under him are all one big family. When I see the king, I will tell him that his subjects are all faithful in British Columbia. I will tell you all what the king says when I get back. End quote. Upon his visit with Sir Wilfrid Laurier, it was said by the Montreal Star, quote, Sir Wilfrid received them courteously and expressed the hope that they would have a pleasant journey. End quote. Now initially, the British did not want to grant an interview for Chief Capilano and his party. Capilano and his group did go to Ottawa and stated they wished to pay their respects to the king and ask for a letter of recommendation. Frank Oliver, Superintendent General of Indian Affairs, then wrote the High Commissioner for Canada, stating the purpose of the journey of the chiefs was to, quote, express personally their allegiance to His Most Gracious Majesty and their affection for the late lamented Queen whom they loved as a mother and for whom they continue to mourn, end quote. The group would reach London in August of 1906. Earl Grey, the Governor General of Canada, then received a telegram from Lord Elgin, the Secretary of State for the Colonies, asking Gray to speak with Prime Minister Sir Wilfrid Laurier and, quote, consult the Prime Minister and inform him if he considered it desirable for His Majesty to meet them, end quote. Gray would approve the meeting, but added that the King had no control over British Columbia lands. The petition to be presented to the King would say, quote, We have our families to keep the same as the white man, and we know how to work as well as the white man. Then why should we not have the same privileges as the white man, end quote. On August 14, 1906, Chief Capilano and the other chiefs were granted a 15-minute audience with King Edward VII. Accounts differ over whether or not Chief Capilano directly gave a petition to the king or gave an oral presentation of the petition. Their request was to resolve matters related to land claims and to remove the ban on potlatches. Queen Alexandra, also in attendance, was presented with three baskets made by Capilano's daughter. When the chiefs left their meeting with the king, a reporter asked them if the king granted their petition and Chief Capilano would shake his head. Despite the refusal, Chief Capilano's wife Mary would say that meeting the king was the highlight of her husband's life. In Canada, the government was embarrassed by the meeting with the king. Newspapers would call Chief Capilano an agitator and troublemaker. Some went as far to describe him as a menace who was inflaming the minds of the indigenous. Other newspapers would exaggerate the meeting. The Regina Morning Leader stated, quote, when His Majesty heard how anxious the chiefs were to see him, he arranged that they should have an audience at Buckingham Palace. End quote. Online security is something I know a bit about. Before I was a podcaster, or even a journalist, I was a network administrator. Keeping computers secure at my work was paramount to what I did, and it was very difficult to do 15 years ago. But now, a company like NordVPN makes it much easier to stay safe online and not be exploited by hackers. NordVPN allows you to change your IP address, which makes you harder to track 
and that secures your privacy online. Their software is easy to set up and easy to use. With it, you are one click away from security online and protecting yourself from those who want your information for nefarious purposes. For all of my listeners, NordVPN is offering a discount on their service. Just go to nordvpn.com EHX and enter in the offer code of EHX to take advantage of the savings. You can also click the link in my show notes. Your internet security is only one click away through a reliable company like NordVPN. While he was in London, Chief Capilano would meet with Pauline Johnson, a Mohawk poet and entertainer from Canada, and they would become fast friends. Of his time in London, the Vancouver Daily World reported, quote, Chief Joe, who is a spokesman for the party, expressed himself as delighted and most highly honoured by the treatment accorded him, and he will go back to his people with a glad heart and with the greatest of good words to say for the king, of whom he says his people are loyal subjects, end quote. As he arrived home, he was greeted by a large group of indigenous who cheered him for what he attempted to do. His son Matthias would say, quote, We will have three hacks at the station for the chiefs and a tally-ho for the welcoming band. We will march through the streets of Vancouver and then go across the inlet on the ferry, end quote. Capilano would speak to the indigenous who gathered to greet him, and the Vancouver province would say he said, quote, I'm very glad to get back and see you all. I saw the great white chief, the king. He is a great man and treated us nice. We had a fine time and saw the big city. End quote. Upon his return to the reserve, he then expelled the Roman Catholic Church, stating they did not support his trip and were no longer welcome in the community. He then began to work again on lobbying for Indigenous rights. In September of 1906, during a visit by Earl Grey to Vancouver, Capilano would deliver a speech upon his arrival after he insisted that the local Indigenous be part of the welcome, with over 200 coming out. It was around this time that he was showing frustration with the roadblocks put in his way in his efforts to help the indigenous by meeting with people like Lord Grey. The Vancouver Daily World reported, quote, Chief Joe Capilano, who is in the city today, is a very angry man. He alleges that clerical and official influences is at work to minimize the great work he is trying to do for his people. He says that his people are being told that it is foolish for them to turn out in old-fashioned costumes. It makes it look as if they were going backward, end quote. He was told that Lord Grey was not a representative of the government and could not help the indigenous in their land claims. According to the same article, Capilano responded, quote, It is wrong to say that he is no government man. Earl Grey will tell the government what I say. Then wait and people find out. They do not like that I see the king and come back all safe and tell people. They want all the time to be everything and have people do as they say. End quote. In the spring of 1907, the chief sent two more petitions to the king. Lord Elgin then wrote to Earl Grey to tell him that the king would not take any steps on behalf of the indigenous petitioners and that it was a matter for the Department of Indian Affairs in Canada. In August of 1907, Chief Capilano was given portraits of Queen Victoria, King Edward, and Queen Alexandra. These items, also with a silver sovereign with the image of Queen Victoria on it, became cherished family heirlooms. For the next few years, Chief Capilano would tour British Columbia speaking to indigenous of his meeting with the king and this would gain him derision from the media in Canada. On May 22, 1907, the Free Press Prairie Farmer would say, quote, Chief Capilano, who visited King Edward, suffers from a swelled head, end quote. The article would continue stating, quote, The inhabitants of the reserve are generally peaceable and have in the past been easily managed, but under the advice of Chief Joe, they have lately shown a desire to buck against the orders of the Indian agent. The attitudes of the Indians is regarded by certain white people who live close to the reserve, as a menace to their peace and safety, end quote. The Vancouver Daily World would report in August 1907, quote, 
Chief Joe, who since his return from the audience with the king last summer, has had a somewhat enhanced opinion of himself and has been disposed to assume the attitude, and what is more important, the functions of a dictator to all the coast Indians. End quote. The Vancouver province reported at the same time, quote, Chief Joe Capilano holds up the city, demands payments of privileges on north shore of Inlet, city will appeal to Indian agent, end quote. Capilano had asked for $55 from the city for putting a pipe through the reserve. One civic official stated, quote, This thing has got to come to a stop. Joe has been creating a great idea of himself since his trip to visit King Edward and now assumes the role of dictator, end quote. In May 1908, Capilano traveled to Ottawa with a group of Indigenous leaders once again to meet with Prime Minister Sir Wilfrid Laurier and the Governor-General. The purpose of the meeting was to stop the confiscation of Indigenous lands. Capilano would say, quote, Our lands are being taken away all over the coast. When we ask for particulars, we are told that the government has given them away. We have held meeting after meeting and it has been decided to go and see Sir Wilfrid Laurier. End quote. The Vancouver province would report on the visit, quote, Joe Capilano is becoming a nuisance. The 25 Indians who recently arrived in Ottawa from British Columbia are determined to see no one but the Governor-General, and they have expressed intention of remaining in Ottawa for a year if necessary until they have obtained an interview with Earl Grey, who is now in Toronto. End quote. Two months later, Capilano would be riding a horse when he fell and broke his leg and was badly kicked by the horse. By 1909, with more Indigenous wanting to launch complaints over settlers taking land, the blame in the media fell on Joe Capilano. The Vancouver province reported in July of that year, quote, It is also to be feared that a good deal of the unrest which exists in the north has been stirred up by our old friend Chief Joe Capilano. Certainly the demand which is made for possession of the country up there may be reasonably attributed to his instigation, end quote. In 1909, Pauline Johnson and Chief Capilano met again in Vancouver, and Pauline would include 13 freely edited Squamish legends told to her by Chief Capilano in her 1911 book, Legends of Vancouver. McLean's would write in 1952, quote, In their long walks together, Chief Joe spun his yarns about the meanings of landmarks such as Stanley Park, and Pauline would embellish them in her own imagination in the tradition of one Indian storyteller improving on another, end quote. Sadly, Chief Joe Capilano would never see it published. On March 10, 1910, Capilano would die in North Vancouver from what was believed to be tuberculosis or pneumonia. Indigenous leaders from across the Lower Mainland came out for his funeral. Upon his death, the Vancouver province would write, quote, The late Chief Joe Capilano will be remembered by both Indians and whites that he was a great Indian. There never was in the history of Indians in the province that a native of British Columbia has crossed the great Atlantic Ocean, of which the late Chief Joe did some four years ago. End quote. When Chief Joe Capilano met the king, he wore a buckskin jacket. That jacket was passed to his son, who wore it when he attended the coronation of King George in 1937. The Salish blanket, which was also part of the trip to London, would be put in the Canadian Museum of History in the 1920s. In 2009, it was loaned to the Whistler Squamish Lilwat Cultural Centre. Capilano University, opened in 1968 in North Vancouver, is also named for him. The name was submitted by North Shore residents. And Capilano's great-grandson, Chief Joseph Mathias, would become an important Indigenous leader as well. He would serve as the Vice Chair of the Assembly of First Nations and would help to establish the BC Treaty Commission. He would die 90 years to the day of his great-grandfather. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Chief Joe Capilano. Next week, we have my favorite kind of episode, a nostalgia episode, and I'm going to be looking at one of my favorite shows, SCTV. 
If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from the Canadian Encyclopedia, Maclean's Biography, Vancouver Sun, British Museum, Wikipedia, Vancouver Semi-Weekly World, Vancouver Province, Free Press, Prairie Farmer, Montreal Star, and the Victoria Daily Times. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.